nine of the All the Books show recorded at the David A. Howe Public Library, where we talk book news, author news, and literary news. <laughs> I'm Eric Mickles. And I'm Nick Gunning. Hi, Nick. And you know, hi. Uh, we do have some literary news to share today, and we have a special author spotlight with uh, D- David DeHorkin, who we've we've mentioned that we're going to do this for a couple of weeks now. We finally, sure did mention that. Finally worked out in the schedule, and we had a nice chat with him, which will uh, show up in the episode a little bit later. Yeah. How the heck are you, man? Good. Look, uh-huh. we, I, we haven't talked about it much, but the world needs to know, and I need to know uh-huh. what you thought about Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So let's just Is this the literary news? Right. No, this isn't. But right. I, I can't focus on anything else. So this is a spoiler-filled No, free. Free. Because okay. I haven't seen yeah. it. Because somebody doesn't respond to my text. So I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Real quick. Yeah. The way you phrased that text made yeah. it sound like you wanted me I to babysit. I asked Eric to babysit everyone. But you said it after you asked me what I was doing the next day. You're right. Making it seem like it was continuing from that. Yeah. So could I babysit as well the next day? The next day. So yeah. I thought I was babysitting for you today. Right. Right. But... Well, a simple way to avoid that is to answer a text. Oh, my word. And this has been... <laughs> the more you know. Um, what? All right. So I liked how... Jurassic Park, Fallen Kingdom. World. Jurassic, Jurassic Park, World. Jurassic Fallen World, Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom. Hit me. I liked when... No, I was going to do a bunch of Planet of the Apes references. Oh, that, that's see if anyone funny. picked up. Yeah. Um, yeah. When okay. Caesar says no, I think it's a very chilling yeah. moment in Jurassic yeah. World. Yes. Yes. Caesar the T-Rex. Some of uh, <gasps> James Franco's finest work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom. Did I like it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Is it flawed? Yes. Okay. It's the most prequely of any movie. Prequely? What does yes. that mean? That means it's the only movie in this series that feels like it's setting up the next oh. movie. And I think that's because, one, the other movies were never setting up a sequel. They right. were just making a movie. Yeah. Even Jurassic Park 3 is like, nah, we're not setting anything right, up. Right. We're just trapped on this island. Yeah. Ah. Jurassic World had things that were leading into a sequel, but right. it was a very like complete movie. You could watch Jurassic World and never watch the sequels and you'd be fine. Yeah. They'd just be like the Henry Wu yeah. stuff. Right. But this one is very much like, and you can't wait till the next one. It's still a complete movie. I think you could still watch this one and not watch whatever's coming next and you'd be fine. But I feel like unlike any other Jurassic Park movie, you really need to have seen Jurassic World Okay. To click. So the way things. the way you're saying this makes it seem like you don't leave the movie feeling satisfied. No. Well, well no, like, that's not it. I think okay. for me, and I get that a lot of people are saying this movie's really bad. It's got some really? pretty bad roots. Oh, ratings. I haven't heard that. But look, I went wearing my Velociraptor socks. Oh, so yeah. I'm pretty biased. Oh, we all know. We yeah, all know. I'm biased. Um But I guess the point I was trying to make there was that I, I usually find that really helpful to know. Mm-hmm. Like with um Infinity War Avengers, mm-hmm. you said to me it very much feels like a part one. Yeah. And that was good to know going in. Right. So I feel like this is a public service announcement. I don't feel like this... F- it's not a part one. Okay. I still think that you go in, you watch the movie, and you're fine. I think it sets up a sequel more so than any other movie. Like, a lot of it is, like, we're moving pieces to get to the next film. The difference is, I think, why it feels okay is because they had already... Jurassic World made so much money, they were able to already schedule Jurassic yeah, World yeah. 3. So it's not like where they do Amazing Spider-Man 2, and they're yeah. like, maybe we're getting a... Yeah, boy. It's, it's kind of weird because what Fallen Kingdom does structurally is what a lot of reboots do on their first movie, okay. but then nobody's invested right. because it's a prequel for the movie that's coming up. Right. 
but we already got that, that the Jurassic reminds World me i have reboot. to talk about solo in a minute yeah uh <laughs> jurassic world already gave us like the reboot sequel and already set everything up and then we were already on board with this world which i think was a a better way to go yes making, i agree it, it's kind of like i mean x-men 2 was kind of like that like it was a movie that we all excited for but it definitely set up for a disappointing sequel but mm, a sequel mm-hmm, nonetheless mm-hmm. It's smaller. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is smaller. Well, that's kind of smart. The second half, it is not a big action movie uh, like Jurassic World. Yeah, it looks like the last 45 minutes of that movie are just going to be like... Ah! I, yeah, I've you seen know. it described as a haunted house yeah. film. And like, okay. thinking back on it, it's like, yeah, my wife was like crunched up the entire time, like latched onto my arm or sinking into her seat. I mean, right from the get-go. The first five minutes of Fallen Kingdom, <laughs> so good. It's like the tastiest dinosaur and it was so good if i could just watch that five minutes the tastiest dinosaur the if i could just watch that first five minutes on loop for the rest of my life yeah i'd probably be you do okay it. You do oh that. it's just so good it's just it's exactly what i want and like in terms of it i mean it opens scary like it opens very scary okay uh there's some sad stuff in there all right animals are in peril and i can't tell you uh that they all make it out Okay. So my hey, wife. How, how's the music? It's fine. Oh, really? I I'm not mm. a big fan of the Jurassic World music. Okay. Nothing's really. I like stuck that out composer. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah. Um, I just haven't heard anything. Okay. That's really stuck out. But yes, there there are some sad animal moments. Okay. So I can't handle that. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not man. good at that my, at all. My wife. Apparently, my wife will equate any sad animal with our dog yeah, Scooter. I do the same Jen, thing. So. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, not your dog, yeah. my dog. The woman sitting next to me, she yeah. she was almost like a uh, like a forty year old version of my wife uh-huh. because every time Kendra was scared and scrunched up, this yeah. woman was also on the edge of yeah. her seat near her daughter. And during a sad moment, I heard I heard this woman go like, "Oh, come on." Yeah. So yeah, uh, but yeah, I still liked it. Okay. Uh, but I'm fully aware that it has flaws. But unlike uh, Jurassic Park three, yeah. the flaws have not. They haven't ruined it right. for you. Yeah. Did you rewatch Jurassic Park three? No, not yet. I didn't rewatch. Uh, I didn't have time to rewatch the movies, so I'll probably just do a marathon. But yes, okay. I'm excited. I'm excited, but also like I have no clue what's going to happen in three. Well, that's kind of fun though. Yeah, that's a cool place to yeah. be. Well, as a friendly reminder, folks, from Penguin Random House, what? the evolution of Claire. Oh the yeah, Jurassic <laughs> World prequel yeah. uh, will be coming out this week. Actually, so we should yeah. have it in the library soon. Mm-hmm. That is a prequel following Bryce Dallas yeah. Howard's character Claire. No Vince Vaughn. No Vince Now was prime opportunity to bring Nick Van Owen back, back. And they bring him back. Apparently, yeah. Uh, in he other news, yes in a heartbeat. I finally saw Solo. Nice. And you called it because I, I liked it. And uh-huh. I liked it. It was my favorite since Force Awakens, yeah. just as what you said yeah. would be. <laughs> so I am kind of disappointed that it's donezo. Like, there's no more. Yeah. Because that, well, you, you said it. You called it like a game on at the end there. Oh, yeah, just, when the game is on. Yeah. But no, no game yeah, will be on. Because that ends when you're like, yeah. oh, wow. And then yeah. nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Hopefully, it, they'll at least pick it up yeah. in books or pick up some threads yeah. and other... Uh, it's the Dracula Untold yes. Star Wars movies. Yeah. Yep. So. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. what it was. But I did really enjoy it. I was okay with him as yeah. Han Solo, even though I didn't really think he was a good choice for Han Solo. But I thought it worked. See... And I liked the movie. I okay. thought it was fun. Now that you've seen it, yeah. I can tell you, yeah, I would be much more positive about this Star Wars Han Solo prequel movie if it wasn't Han Solo. And these were just original characters. Yeah. You take out... I mean, you could even leave Lando in there if you wanted, but if you yeah. take out Chewie and Han yeah. and just, like, there are scenes in there that are exciting yeah. and fun scenes yeah. that I thought, like, oh, this would be more fun and exciting if they were original characters. There's, 
like what what do you call the the Kessel Run? Yeah, there's a Kessel Run yeah. in this movie. During that scene, I'm like, this is this is great. I just wish these were original characters. Right, and like that's just what I I think it would have been a fun side yeah trip. Well, nobody wanted a Han Solo movie. Yeah, and, and now you know. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I think yeah. it probably would have been more popular if it would yeah. have just been like I, its own yeah. thing. I think he could have been he he was likable. Oh yeah, in that role. Yeah, it's just every now and then I had to remind myself he's playing Han Solo. Right. So that's yeah. I think it could have just been fun with that kid playing original stuff. Someone else. The problem yeah. is Solo not doing well has now put in jeopardy the Star Wars spinoffs that some people wanted. Right. Like those of us that wanted an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie, yeah. we might not get it because yeah. Solo, the one we didn't want. But did want. anybody want a Boba Fett movie? Because that I was... I don't understand I the don't appeal get it either. of Boba Fett. No, he me look, either. He just looks cool. I guess yeah, that's the thing. That's true. I guess that's the thing about all Star Wars villains. They're very surface level. They yeah. all look cool, yeah. but few outside of Vader, yeah. really, Vader can really like, I don't know, yeah. can go deeper than just the appearance yep i think you're right so i think you're right but they so, do look cool i mean overall i enjoyed yeah. it i liked it the yeah. novelization for that is coming out in september and the right. ya prequel to that uh most wanted by yeah. ray carson we have in our collection and that was pretty good yeah. so we i have would two recommend copies one in the adults we do. And yeah, one yeah, i don't know how that happened but we do i think i ordered uh, it and we also have star wars standing on standing order, order. yeah that's it so that's it uh how'd you like ron howard's narration during the whole thing yeah that didn't fit yeah han solo yeah. was like i got a good feeling yeah. about this and he's like he, he shouldn't <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty oh, good oh yeah Okay, so. well, let's get into some actual book news. Actually, now. have you watched Arrested Development season five? The no, new one? no, I haven't started it. No. I don't think I can. After the I last season, four was so awful, and there's there's been so much behind the scenes drama about a this lot one. Of stuff. And I'm just like, maybe I'm, I'm you done. You know, I'm really a, Arrested Development. I think more than anything else has taught me the lesson of like, maybe more is not better. Yeah, you know things where mean? they lie. Like you want. I think there's few examples like Veronica Mars is one mm -hmm. where you go a long time, you want more, they do a movie and they just nail it. Right. Whereas I think something like, can, can you have your wife not listen to this part? Okay. Can you tell her not to listen? Don't listen. Like the Gilmore girls, I did not think worked. Oh. Uh, so I think it's, it's a hard, it's a hard balance to give you what you want without right. just being like, well, this doesn't really, yeah. I don't really like. So yeah. Veronica Mars, yes. Arrested Development. Yeah. No. We experienced that with Futurama as well. Oh, see, I didn't find a big drop off with the right. with the movies, yes, but with yeah. the Comedy Central seasons, I, I yeah. liked them okay. Yeah, you didn't. No, there, there's good stuff in there. Yeah. I just think it's just one of those things. It's like we had four solid seasons, yeah. and now we have seven good seasons. Yeah, it's hard. I don't know. It's something about yeah. when you're going back and like redoing mm -hmm. something. You don't have that initial, yeah. you know. It, I don't yeah. know. But at the I same time, I just gave my uh, thumbs up to the fifth. Jurassic Park movie. You did. Yeah. So. In all fairness. Yeah. Okay. So in book news, uh, I read a couple of graphic novels. Mm -hmm. I read Batman Broken City by Brian Azzarello, which uh -huh. I did not like. Who broke it? But I passed it on to you. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what you think. Brian Azzarello. Brian Azzarello, he's written some other right. comics, DC yeah. stuff, but he wrote the 100 Bullets series, which I've been reading through. Uh, and the, he brought his artists along from there. Like, it looks just like 100 Bullets. Right. So, which, and as I was going through that art, it looks a lot like Tim Saul. Yes, it does. That's what I said in my review. Like, I feel like it's trying to go for a long Halloween or, right. a, or a year one, and it just doesn't, Yeah. just zips right through the middle and misses them mm -hmm. entirely. I also read Iceman, Volume 1, uh -huh. Iceman's first ongoing series. I love mm, Iceman. Yes. He's only had miniseries. <laughs> that is correct. I love Iceman. This series was pretty good. It's a yeah. lot more... 
it's a convoluted story at this point with everything going on in that universe. And it was a lot more about interpersonal stuff than like this is Iceman him. action. He left to go to San Francisco, right? To yeah. try to live a normal life. Right. And he's like coming out to his parents. Right. And like, I mean, the story is interesting, but mm-hmm. it's just, there's not enough like Iceman. Right. His so. parents are already jerks too. They are. Yeah. yeah. They're not good characters. They, did, they didn't like him when he was a mutant. No. They sure don't like him now. No, no. So. Um, so we have two volumes of that. I think maybe there only are two volumes of that. But yes, I think there's a we got him. third volume coming. Okay. So we'll get that too. Yeah. I liked it. I'm going to read the second volume. I think it's over. It. Okay. So. All right. And then I read Bare Bones by Kathy Reichs. We talked about this a lot last week, so I won't get into it much we again. We sure did. Based on the same idea as the TV show, not very similar. I find with these books, there's a lot of intrigue in the premise. Start strong, but the writing is just right. not strong enough. It's Ooh. just it's just not there. Right. They're 100 pages too long, and they're just very clunky. Speaking of, I re- like every couple of years I read one of these books, mm-hmm. thinking like I bet this one will be good, and then I'm always kind of like, eh, yeah, it's fine. So mm. I can't really recommend the series. Okay. Uh, speaking of dark things, we were watching Westworld yesterday, and the Yowzer. preview that came on before uh-huh. that was Amy Adams in Sharp Objects. Okay. On HBO. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I, I, I that's based on, of course, the Gillian Flynn book, yeah. author of Gone Girl, Dark Places, and. Uh, Sharp objects, yeah. yes. <laughs> so, um, Gone Girl is Looks is the scary. most like that's the biggest name. Right. I feel like Sharp Objects is maybe a better book. Oh. It's very, it's very, it's a small book. It's concise. It's really like it just gets you. It just hammers it and just keeps going. Right. That's a very strong book, and it's actually it's on our page turner book club for this year. So we'll see oh. if people like it as oh, much yeah. as I do. But I think Amy Adams actually is a good choice for that role. Nice. So yeah. And if you didn't catch me throwing shade at Lois Lane, I was. Uh, so okay. I, yes, I'm looking forward <laughs> to that. Uh, I thought that else? was a. Sh- I thought that was shade at her American Hustle role. <laughs> oh well, she was bad in that too. Uh, I'm currently reading Camino Island by John Grisham, uh-huh. and as listeners know, the Cloner Island from episode two, exactly, Star Wars, the really yeah. long neck uh, yeah. people. Yes, yeah. I'm digging this, and I've not enjoyed a Grisham in a while. Yeah, good in for a, you. In a in a minute, he's back, baby. So, Camino Island's pretty good so far. I'm yeah. halfway through. It's a totally atypical Grisham plot. Mm-hmm. Um, a group of thieves steal F. Scott Fitzgerald's original handwritten manuscripts for Great Gatsby and all of his novels. Okay. And then the story kind of keeps moving like as you're following those. So you keep getting a new batch of characters. And I think all halfway right. through, I've kind of settled into who we're going to follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody that the insurance company hires to sort of tail a certain person. Uh, who they think is is a part of this crime. So right, uh, the story is good. I'm liking it. So I'll okay. let you know how it goes. I'm also loving High Fidelity. I've not read Nick Hornby before. Mm, I have. High, High Fidelity. Oh, have you? What mm. have you read? Oh no, I've read the script for an education. An education. Yeah. Oh, is that that's based on a Nick Hornby thing? Yeah, it's where a girl dates and loses her virginity to an older man. Yikes. Her dad is played by Alfred Molina. Huh. I re- I read it in a screenwriting class. Okay. I didn't realize he did that. Anyway, High Fidelity is yeah. for... Uh, you didn't actually, realize what? I didn't realize Nick Hornby wrote scripts, screenplays. Didn't he write the script for uh, High Fidelity? Well, if he did, I didn't realize it. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, this, this is for our Contemporary Classics Book Club. It is part of our uh, summer reading program for adults. Libraries yeah. rock! So we're doing all music-themed yeah. books. Yeah. Libraries and Cleveland. Yep. Yep. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you read it. You rated it two stars in 2011. Yeah, I must not have liked it. In case you're curious. Yeah. (laughs) You didn't like it. I did like Alfred Molina in it, but it was also just a script. Yeah. 
at one point he's like, oh, does money grow in trees? And then like he just goes outside looking yeah. around <laughs> for the tree. I can picture Alfred Molina doing that in my yeah, head. Yeah, it's pretty so funny. That makes total yeah. sense. With his doc arc. Yeah, oh, Mike, forget it. I'm going to leave now. I talked about Dr. Solo, Octopus. but I also watched two page-to-screen adaptations that... Am I allowed to say sucked on the podcast? Can I say that? Yes, Is that okay? but you must say it into the mic. They sucked. Oh, no. <laughs> First one's going to be a little controversial. Uh-huh. See what you think. 2001 A Space Odyssey. Dang. It's a great screensaver. Wow. Do they still have screensavers? Is that still a thing? My Roku does. Does it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and there's there's like about a half hour of, of movie in there that I found intriguing, uh-huh. wrapped up in two and a half hours. Okay. Do you like the movie? Uh, I like the middle third. Yeah. With the characters. Right. With people. Yeah. yeah. I guess I like the op- the weird opening with the uh, apes. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. That is a crazy movie. Have you but ever seen 2010, The Year We Make Contact? With uh, Jaws Man. Yeah, yeah. Roy Schneider. Yeah. No, I have not. Not Rob Schneider. Yeah. Roy Ron, Schneider. Yeah. Okay. I also kind of like, I don't know. They The whole movie, it's just a whole bunch of like crazy ideas. Yeah. I like. Uh, Hal. Ha- All the stuff with Hal. Yeah, Hal's cool. Ha- so have you seen the sequel? No. I asked my wife if she wanted to watch it, and she genuinely thought I was making that up, that they wouldn't possibly ever do that. But yeah. Came out well, he wrote it. I think in 1984. F- you books maybe there's, there's like six books yeah the arthur c clark yeah arthur c clark 2001 is based on his short story the sentinel yeah and then he adapted it into a book sort of in conjunction with kubrick as they're mm-hmm. making the film yeah so it's really it's based on the short story and there is more of a companion novel mm-hmm. that goes with it and then the series continues on yeah. from there i think it is six books quite a few the right. other was the mountain between us based on the Char- oh, charles that Martin. was you yep okay Based on the Charles Martin book, Idris Elba and uh, Kate Winslet, both very talented actors, both terrible in this. Sorry, man. I've never seen either of them act as poorly as they acted in this movie. Does the dog live? Just tell us. I, yeah. Nobody cares if it's a yeah. spoiler. The dog lives. He's fine. Yeah. yeah. I think totally they fine. put that in the marketing. It was hashtag the dog lives. Yeah, definitely. And like I've read definitely. things people. But that was I mean, in a situation like that where they're like trapped in a plane and they have a dog, there was like, <laughs> this can sound stupid, but there was like no character development for that dog. Like he just was... Huh. He's just there. Yeah, he might as he might have well just been like a rolled up sleeping yeah. bag for all the like charisma right. that this dog brought. You were thinking maybe he'd be like sexist. No, they just didn't relate to him in any way. It okay. wasn't like thank goodness I have a dog. Like there right. was no warmth you felt for the dog outside of the fact that he is a dog. But it wasn't like come yeah. on, Rufus. It, you know, I would say no. dogs are like character actors. You put them in there because yeah. you you already have a an affection towards dog yeah well yeah so yeah and that's, that's you don't it. need the dog to then bring that it. is <laughs> yeah that is certainly the extent of what you yeah. got there so all right uh i guess that's it for me that's yeah. quite a lot you never was, you, my wife we, she hasn't seen the mummy yet the tom cruise mummy yikes so i put it in and that dark universe logo came up and i'm like oh i don't think so yeah we watched about 30 seconds of it and we're like i don't think so yeah so we, <laughs> you remembered we didn't watch i mean yeah the first 30 <laughs> seconds is just uh yeah. russell crowe being like, like she was the queen <laughs> Somebody get me a cake. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So. Take that, Russell Crowe. Yeah. Uh, did you bet on any of Russell Crowe's auction? No. You didn't? You no. didn't buy the Gladiator Codpiece? Yeah. No. No, I did not. <laughs> okay. So. All right. No, I didn't. All right. Let's, let's get to your stuff. bookmark. All right. Enough about me. All right. I read Tom Cruise's The Mummy. Really? No. Interesting. I, I, I saw 30 seconds of the movie. <laughs> you saw the whole movie. I was with you, man. I did. We were you together. were like, I like this. We were together. So you didn't. Anyway, we, we'll move on. I read, uh, I've just been reading some Batman, if that's okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's fine. okay to talk about. The Bat, the Dark Knight Detective, if mm-hmm. you will. The yeah. Cape Crusader. Right. Uh, I'm thinking about his stuff. The Dark Knight Rises, if you will, mm-hmm. in yeah, my yeah, reading yeah. list. Yeah. 
basically, I went to this site. I can't remember what it's called. Sorry, site. Well, I just typed in like the best Batman stories. I was looking for the best Batman stories that I haven't read yeah. because I've every list is always like the long Halloween. And I'm like, yeah, I've read right, it. Yeah. So this one had some other good stuff. And so I've been reading some of those. So the ones I finished are Batman Strange Apparitions. Ooh. Yeah. It's a collection of stories from an, like the 70s. Okay. And they're really hey, good. You know what? I like 70s Batman, but I think I like 80s Batman better. Hmm. If I'm being honest. Okay. That's it. Nice. There's a collection called Batman in the 80s. Oh, okay. It's good. Yeah, I'm trying it's, to think of like it's a good what set. you're talking about it's besides Batman set. Year One. Yeah. Well, I mean, all this stuff with uh, Jason, Jason Todd, like Batman, uh, the, uh, the yeah. Cult, yeah. Death of Maidens, all ah. that stuff in there. I haven't read Five Nights of the Beast. I've read that one. Intense. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Go uh, on. Strange Apparition. It's just a collection, Woo-hoo. but there's some classic stories in there. And I think they're collected because they they introduce... I don't want to spoil it for you because you checked it out. Yeah. Uh, but there's a certain character in there who is introduced for the first time in there. And there's a cla- there's a, one or two like classic stories that I've heard about or seen or even like read an issue of in like the greatest Joker stories ever told or something like oh, that. Yeah. No, it's good. I don't want to read a collection called The Greatest Joker Stories Ever Told. Oh, well, it's okay. It's usually like 70s and 80s You know who does? Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, I guess. Uh, (laughs) So anyways, that was cool. I haven't really read any Batman from uh, the 70s. And like reading this, I was like, I would read. I would just keep reading this. But you can't. They they either don't have it collected like that or they don't have a digital. Yeah, what the heck? Like... I would have I would have signed up for a subscription of DC Me Unlimited too. right after reading it because all I wanted to do was read more seventies Batman. I know. I feel like they must have some deal with Barnes and Noble because Barnes and Noble, when you buy yeah. DC Comics, has the panel by panel, and they're right. the only ones. I don't know. I I don't get DC, it. DC. Let's let's take a minute to talk to DC directly. DC Comics they sell their graphic novels, their yeah. trades sell a lot better than Marvel's. Yeah. And it's because I I think it's because they're easier to follow. Yeah. And they cheaper. They're cheaper. Yeah, they're cheaper and they tend to collect their classic story. They have more like stories that are very standalone yeah. than Marvel's very serial uh serialized. Yep. Ser- ser- help me out. Serialized. Serialized. Thank you. Uh yeah, you wanted to talk to DC Comics? Yeah, DC Comics, listen. It's Nick. You need talking. to get you need to get your game together. All right. You're doing okay on TV. I don't know what's happening with your movies, uh-huh. and it's Oof. impossible to read your comics. Yeah. Just get an app. Yeah. You want to copy Marvel's app? Copy Marvel's app. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But get it together. Yeah. I'll give you the code. Because <laughs> I've been a DC fan since 1983, uh-huh. and Wait, it's hard. Is that when you were born? Yeah. Okay. It's hard. <laughs> All right. It's hard. A little hyperbole there. I don't remember a time I didn't like DC comics. You think you came out of the womb and be like, give me Batman. I probably, no, probably, probably said Superman. Nightwing, yeah. Nightwing or Superman. Yeah. Uh, was there a Nightwing in 1983? Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't uh, I read Batman time. Prey Let's <laughs> by Doug uh, Mon- Munch. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's Doug Munch, but <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe it is. This is vi- this is interesting. Yeah. It's uh, hey, you know what? I'm sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. No Nightwing in 1983. Shoot. What a world. Yeah. What a world I came yeah. into. Or Chicken Nuggets. Oh my gosh. You didn't you didn't know Chicken were- Nuggets or Nightwing yet? Yeah. Yeah. So, boy, if I could go back in time and tell that sweet little baby all the things he has in store for him. Yeah. Chicken nuggets and Nightwing. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna, Sega Genesis. It's going to be a great day. Yeah. Echo the Dolphin's going to be there yep. in 10 short years. Uh, so, Batman Bray. Uh, it sounded like I said Bray there, yeah. like a horse. Batman uh, Batman Prey. Yep. It's a 90, early 90s comic. It's a Hugo <laughs> Strange. This is like post year one and everything. So, it's his first encounter with Hugo Strange mm-hmm. and Hugo Strange trying to figure him out. 
early Catwoman stuff is in there. Meow. Early Scarecrow stuff is there. It's it's taking place like very close to year one, but what's weird is it's very nineties. And year mm. one is very like not nineties. Batman year one. I think you could make an argument that it's nineties. I think it has that sort of like okay, like a nineties gritty cop show sort of feel. All right. Well, I guess it was just hard to reconcile those because a character in there is called Night Scourge. I'm like, Night Scourge wouldn't be in Batman year one. <laughs> Nothing was more 90s than Night Scourge. In that, this that's pretty 90s. It's, it's good. It's very violent and early 90s. It's very, it's very of its time. Okay. But the story is still... Inter- it's, it's just Hugo Strange stuff is very like, God, this is dark. Yeah. Um, but I liked it. And it's actually two stories, Prey and... Uh, terror. Okay. And it collects both of them. And I feel like you, Terror would not be good without Prey, but Prey would probably be fine without mm-hmm. Terror. I also read Shadow of the Bat. I got this because it was supposed to be a cool Arkham Asylum related story. It's when they rebuilt Arkham Asylum finally and like changed it around in the 90s and introduced uh, the nephew of Arkham. Okay. Who was taking it over. It's the only the first four issues and then it's a bunch of other stories I didn't care about. And I actually didn't even like the four issues in there <laughs> so wow uh not high review for that it's, that one is dated that one is 90s dated if, if you've been waiting yeah. for a cool zaz zaz comic <laughs> the serial keep killer. waiting yeah keep waiting and then i read batman volume 5 rules of engagement current, by tom king current stuff yes this is brand new because okay. batman proposed to catwoman oh and she said yes wow actually she said meow and yeah. then she said yes <laughs> it makes no. sense she does say meow a lot in this comic. Really? Yeah, it's weird. She throwback. Just, she, she'll just show up and be like, meow. I'm so like, huh. Julie okay. Newmar, throwback. Okay. Good for them. Um, Tom King has such a weird writing style. Hmm. He, The characters don't speak like people. They speak like cats. It they sounds s- like they speak like meows. freeform poetry. Hmm. And everything is so symmetrical <laughs> in their conversation. City nights, dark sky. <laughs> yeah. Lady on the prowl. Meow. <laughs> anyway... You I asked people, you. If, I was sashaying. Yeah, kind of you were like going back and forth. Fingers, so. Yeah, uh, you and didn't want to. That's re- important. You didn't want to read this, but I think you do. I think you should. Really? Yeah, it's less of what the other stuff was. I mean, I guess I've read every it's, other volume leading up to it. It's very straightforward. It's none of that. It's none of the stuff you didn't like about the war of jokes and riddles. It's just good Batman stuff. If this is a trick. No, it's good. I think you'll like it because okay. there's some good Robin stuff. There's well, some good. Just, wait a minute. No, there is. Damien. Yes, but you also... You know how I no. feel about... <laughs> and Dick Grayson. And okay. Jason Todd. Okay. Okay. There's some good Superman stuff in there. Superman and Lois Lane. Yeah, I know them. They're in it. Cool. And it's fun. If you want... They go on a double date. Uh, okay. Come on. All right. Bruce Wayne and Catwoman right. go on a double date with well, Superman and Lois. I mean, as you know, I'm working the election tomorrow. Uh-huh. You need uh, stuff sorry, to read. I'm going to need some reading. Yeah. Uh, here, here's some non-Batman stuff for all you non-nerds. Oh, my goodness. Nerds. Wow. Let me throw you guys a bone. Yeah, throw those um, non-nerds a bone. All right, non-nerds. non-nerds. I started The Rise and Fall of the Dinosaurs. Oh, yeah, non A Natural History of the Lost World non-fiction. by Stephen Brousette. Okay. And Stephen Brousette on Twitter said, hope you enjoy. Said it to you? Yeah. You should get him get him on the pod. I do not. Oh, my gosh. We'll just have a dinosaur yeah, interview. call him up. Yeah. I'll ask him. I was like, so were you a dinosaur fan before oh, yeah. uh, the rise and fall of the dinosaurs? Yeah. yeah. So it's just a di- like a history thing of dinosaurs. I'm not very far in it, but it's good. It was funny. I saw this show up. I don't even know. Oh, I was reading an interview with him about Jurassic World, and they were like, and he has this new book. And I was like, okay. And it was just on our new shelf. So I just ran over That's to our cool. new books and grabbed it. Yeah. 
because that's how libraries work. That's how it works. That's a great little commercial. Um, also, I need to finish Batman and the Monster Men because you need that for I tomorrow do. I as well. I would like to read it, yeah. And I also grabbed Batman Nightwalker. So many the Batmans. Wi- I have more Batman comics I ordered. Okay. So, all right. I'm in a Batman mood. Yeah. I got to I got to fill that Jurassic Park hole now. Yeah. Now that With I've Batman. seen the movie, I'm, yeah. With Batman. Batman. Hey, is maybe the... you watch uh, Batman v Superman. Nah. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, man, we got we got to move it on. Yeah. We're we're behind the times here. Uh, I promised you some literary nudes uh, up ahead of time. Did and you say Did you say literary nudes? I said nudes. All right. But I I know what you All mean. Right. I did hear it. All right, when ladies. I said it, here is I, a. We're we're gonna share F. Scott's Fitzgerald <laughs> right now. It wasn't just his writings that were That's stolen. That's right. That's right. Oh my. Uh, well, now I now it's gonna be awkward for me to transition to yeah. talking about the women's prize for fiction. Oh my god. Nick and The Bailey's, or I guess now it's no longer, Bailey's is just one of their sponsors. Now it's just simply the Women's Prize for Fiction. Mm-hmm. Last year the Get winner was, Bailey's. I know, well, well they're still a major sponsor, one of three, oh, with geez. Nat West and Deloitte. But anyway, last year The Power by my, Naomi Alderman won this. Uh, my wife read it, loved it. Mm-hmm. It's been a popular book here. This year uh, we have one that was also on the short list for the National Book Award. Yes. And the winner was just announced this month. Uh, we'll be adding this to our collection. And it is... Home Fire by Camilla Shamsi. Was this the literary news you said we had? This is the literary news. Okay, yep. yes. And this is uh, this is a take on the uh, Sophocles play Antigone. Hmm. If you know that Sophocles, the daughter of Oedipus. Yes. Okay. Uh, so that's what it is. It's a take on that. No, I didn't know he had a daughter. Oh, it's Antigone. Okay. Anyway. Wait, the daughter he had with his mom? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yikes. I know. I know, but she seems like she's doing all right. And Electra is the one who, considering, fell for her uh, dad. Yeah, yeah, the daughter of Oedipus and his mother Yocasta. So there Yikes. you go. There you go. Uh, again, the title of that is Home Fire by Camilla Shamsi. So congratulations to mm-hmm. the author and winner of the Women's Prize for Fiction for 2018. Yeah. You can check that out soon. Uh, you can read the sequel, Little Home Fires Everywhere. Yeah. No, that's not real. You're right. <laughs> uh, let's look at some advanced <laughs> oh, notices. Right. Look into the future to see what it proves. It's time for book news. And here's what we have coming down the pike. Oh, what? This is <laughs> Stuart Woods working with Parnell Hall. So we've got a bit of a James Patterson situation happening here. Yikes. This is an offshoot of the of the uh, Stone Barrington series. This is Teddy Faye. Teddy Faye, the villainous character of those books. In the exhilarating new adventure from number one New York Times bestselling author Stuart Woods, Teddy Faye races to stop a scheme of extortion and a hostile takeover. Sounds like maybe he's turned over a new leaf. Kind of. Well... <laughs> All right, so that's coming. Oh, next to here. I can't read the synopsis of this because this is a series I'm reading, so it's too far ahead. All right. Robert B. Parker's Colorblind. This is a new Jesse Stone novel written by right. Reed Farrell Coleman. And I'll give you this much. Police Chief Jesse Stone returns in the newest novel in Robert B. Parker's New York Times bestselling series, and his newest case hits right at the heart of the Paradise Police Force. Oh, no. Can't tell you anymore? Yeah. Uh, Jesse Stone now, before, wanted to get caught. Before you get excited. Right. This there's just a mock up. It's just a white background. Okay. No information about this cover. Okay. Clive Cussler and Boyd Morrison come back with Shadow Tyrants. This is book number thirteen in the Oregon Files series. Oh. The Oregon Files, of course, where you try to go across a large stretch of land you and get most dysentery. of your friends yeah. get snake bites. Yeah. And you shoot two ton of buffalo yeah. to make one yeah. sandwich. Yep. 
So this, again, this is an Oregon Files book. Only Juan Cabrillo and the crew of the Oregon stand between two warning mo- moguls and global havoc in this thrilling suspense novel in Clive Custler's number one New York Times bestselling series. That doesn't sound good. Snap. It doesn't sound good. Calling it like he sees it. Whoop, cozy alert. Whoop. We have a cozy alert. Oh, okay. Uh, in large print, we have uh, book number three in the Sherlock Holmes bookshop mysteries, The Cat of the Baskervilles. The show is coming uh, to town on Cape Cod. The West London Theater Festival is putting on a stage production a lot of, of the murders in Cape Cod. Of Bask I know, Baskervilles. Gemma Doyle's excited and participating with her friend Jane Wilson, whose mother Leslie just happens to be volunteering with the company. Mm-hmm. Leslie arranges a fundraising tea party at the home of the festival organizer catered by Mrs. Hudson's Tea Room. The tea is a rousing success, but Sir Nigel mm-hmm. Bellingham, the famous star cast as a leaded Sherlock, goes missing, and Gemma finds him at the bottom bottom of a cliff snap dead yeah you don't want to find somebody there now look i told you that this is number three yeah and i think that i think we need to know what the other okay they are elementary she read Mm -hmm. no that doesn't work boo that doesn't work boo it doesn't work because murder she wrote is a take on an agatha christie yeah book nothing to do with sherlock holmes maybe it's not a sherlock holmes thing it's a sherlock holmes bookshop mystery oh i don't know then What's the second one? Body on Baker Street. And again, that's not really a a play or a pun. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. Pretty disappointing. We do have, last week we asked, was it last week or two weeks ago? We asked for people to send in cozy mystery ideas. We wanted to hear. And we needed needed more than one of you to show that it's sustainable. We need to know. Uh, Because obviously this Sherlock one wasn't. Oh, yeah. This is proving the point right here. And our own Ben Layman sent something in. Our music maestro. Yeah. Uh, he sent in one. Uh, I guess this is library murder mysteries. Library murder mysteries. Okay, uh, is the theme. So you got right. number one, Hit booked me. marked for death. I like it. Number two, read between the bloodlines. <laughs> number three, reference check for murder. <laughs> number four, the public library. Ooh. And number five, Dewey decimal violence. Decimal violence. Yes. Are you sure? Oh wait, no, Dewey. Decimal of it. Oh boy, Dewey. Uh, I yeah. think I can do it. Yeah. Number five, Dewey decimal evidence. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Uh, wow, that's that's yeah. great. He says he's not sorry at all. No, he, so yeah, he, he says, he's why proud of this work. Uh, so again, this this is our friend uh, at Trip Existence on Twitter, uh, the maestro of all of our music yeah. on the show. So thanks again, Ben, for that. Yeah. We're looking very forward to uh, book number one, bookmark for death. Yeah. In submitting these, yeah. you have agreed to write and publish these mm-hmm. as well. That's true, yeah. So that's, so. And, you know, it's not too late. If you have your own cozy mystery series that you'd like to pitch yeah. to the All the Book Show, you can hit us up on Twitter. Sorry I said hit us up. That's okay. I don't like that. Let that's me, fine. Let me, you know what? Let's let's redo it. Here I go. Okay. Find us on Twitter. But then that's not very helpful. Just find us on Twitter. Find us on Twitter at All the Book Show. <laughs> All right. Uh, but really, we want to hear more. Right. Facebook, David A. Howe Public Library. Email mm-hmm. at wellsville at stls.org. Yeah. And you can send us some mail, yeah. some Pony Express, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it for my advance notices. So take it away with the New York Times bestseller list. Okay. New York Times bestsellers list for hardcover fiction. Mm-hmm. Hardcover adult fiction. Adult fiction. It's covering it. It's hardcover. Hardcover adult fiction. Number <laughs> 10. Uh, when life gives you... Okay. You're going to say lemonades or whatever. But that's not what it is. Lemonades? Look. Plural? When life gives you Lululemons. Mm-hmm. You, all right. Make that's Lulu. By, oh, that's it? Yeah. 
Boy, That's by a... Lauren Weisberger. That is a cliff. <laughs> she sounds like a real Weisberger. Yeah, we did this last week. Okay. <laughs> this is my... Hey, I'm sorry that it's funny every yeah. week. Emily Chartland plans a comeback from the suburbs from the author of The Devil Wears Prada. We had that whole panda discussion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You just sounded like... Uh, Fonzie there for a second like yeah 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 oh that's what you think fine it's more like a Danny Zuko look at Sandy yeah, yeah. there you go uh number nine before the storm oh what? wow what happened uh before the storm by Christy Golden an impending really? war may destroy Azeroth based on the online role-playing game World of Warcraft oh that's what are, what list are you reading this is the hardcover fiction this really? is at number nine is it really yeah wow Christy Golden who's Christy is she she's a she's a workhorse is just she? like Christopher Golden who I think there's no relation no relation I don't think so they both write Christy Golden's written a lot of Star Trek fiction I know you're telling me Christopher Golden a man who writes much licensed books uh and christy golden who does the same thing i don't know they share no relation well maybe they do i i don't know i can't i look in your search bar type in christy golden plus christopher golden i've looked this up before because i thought maybe it was like just the same person right just doing different but no it seems to be just two separate people and i don't see uh i don't see a connection here well anyways her world of warcraft book number nine new this week are you gonna read it no you Oh, you I'm like not, StarCraft? I like StarCraft, man. Uh, I'm not into... Wor- all right. I'm, so, I'm sorry yeah. to ask this question, but are they connected in some way? No. That's crazy. It's totally different. Yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, is Star Trek and Star Wars the same thing, Nick? I, I mean... <laughs> what? Uh, no, one is viable and has a studio that supports it. Nice. And the other is Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Paramount, Nick has some words with yeah, you. I sure uh, do. On the same level as... Uh, dc at the moment yes you know i've read quite a few of uh christy, christy. golden's star trek books you should check out her warcraft i material. can recommend the following the oh. last roundup uh-huh. by christy golden that's the original crew getting together for one more time uh-huh. and she wrote a two-part voyager series at a time where nobody was doing voyager <laughs> <laughs> and that's called the spirit walk yeah. series one one and two i love both of those are you sure you like that voyager book or it's just you you were so thirsty you drink the sand <laughs> that's probably true okay. that's probably true well she's written some other voyager books that i did not mention oh, okay if you catch my drift oh, okay i didn't like them oh, all right yeah um, i'm looking at you seven of nine <laughs> that's the title of the book yeah. that i didn't Most like fans was seven I of think, nine. yeah number eight the gray ghost by clive cussler and robin Russell. i said i wasn't gonna talk batman i know and now i'm doing this deep cut yeah. of the batman anime yeah, series i know in the you 90s. are i know you did. i know you are but what am i no what? That's a Pee Wee Herman. That's a Pee Wee Herman <laughs> reference. Number seven, The Fallen by David. Connection. Tim Burton's related both to Batman and Pee Wee Herman, and Paul Rubens played the Penguin's father twice in Gotham and on on Batman yeah. Returns. So don't give me those looks. Also, not Josh Brolin. Who's the other one? James Brolin. James Brolin. Yeah. Who's in Pee Wee's Big Adventure? He is as Pee Wee. Was in the original Westworld movie. Yeah. And I have one more episode of Westworld to watch. Oh my gosh. We got the. It all comes together. The last episode of the season. And Josh Brolin was Jonah Hex. Yes. He wants to talk about it. So oh, okay. No, I don't think good. he doesn't. Oh, you yeah. know. Uh, number seven, The Fallen by David Baldacci. Nine mm-hmm. weeks. Mm-hmm. Amos Decker. Mm-hmm. He's the maybe Amos. he's not the Memory Man. No, I thought Amos, he was. Amos Decker is the Memory Man. Okay, well they took it off the list here. Uh, number six, The Death of Memory Man, Mrs. Westaway by Ruth Ware. Oh, you know what? what? I have a confession to make. Uh huh. I bought this book. You sick. <laughs> <laughs> I picked it up at Barnes What's & Noble. What's wrong with you? And, uh, well, I was won over by The Lion Game. I'm sorry. Oh, man. And actually, my wife is reading it right now. Uh-huh. Because she was, I was like, does this seem good to you? And she was like, I want this book. So uh-huh. 
now we own it. Okay. We own a copy, and I don't care who knows it. Nice. Don't tell your wife because she's she doesn't like. Because well, she doesn't like that they yeah. called her the Agatha Christie. Yeah. Uh, and she hated yeah. the woman in Captain. Maybe 10. Kendra should just skip this whole episode because I've said two inflammatory things now. What was the first one? Uh, the thing about Gilmore Girls not working. Oh, oh she sure. didn't hear that. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. She'll be so angry. I don't think she heard it. I'm going to go for a hat trick. Let me think of something else that would upset her. Okay. You go on. I'll think quietly to myself. All right. Number five, Shelter in Place by Nora Roberts. Yeah. Uh, you know what's stupid? Bob's Burgers. Wow. You just, just made a lot of people <laughs> upset. I've never seen Bob's Burgers. I just watched the third season. With of, apologies uh, to Kendra. Hey, I'm going to share this because it's stupid. Okay. I just watched the third season of uh, Rick and Morty. Yeah. Finally, because they never... They have not put it on Hulu. Okay. It's been so long. It's just not been on Hulu. So I started watching it and on like daily motion yeah. and what episodes they had on Adult Swim, just on my computer, yeah. sitting on my futon, just watching it, having a good time. Yeah. And yesterday they released it on Hulu. You just couldn't wait. I just couldn't wait an Ser- extra serious, two days. Serious question to you uh-huh. and our listeners. Should I watch Bob's Burgers? Uh, I don't know. I'm, gonna put, I'm putting a poll up on Twitter, everyone. All right. It's not crude. Okay. If you're worried, it's going to be like Family Guy. No, I'm it's just, not. Just curious. It's probably a better version of The Simpsons now than The Simpsons are today. Okay. So, uh, it's good stuff. Poll going up on Twitter. You have one week to tell me. Yeah. And I will abide by uh, the answer here. Number four, The Pharaoh Key by Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child. Gideon Crew and Manuel Garza. Go on a mission to solve a mystery of centuries-old stone tablet. Mm, exciting, exciting let me just, times. Let me just fall asleep for a second. <laughs> Eric, wake up. Eric, oh, we're, my we're gosh. I'm sorry. I had show. a nightmare about a we're stone tablet, and it was no... Okay. Now I'm back. Uh, number three, Tom Clancy, Line of Sight by Mike Maiden. Wow. Jack Ryan Jr. risked his life to protect a woman in a country on yeah. the brink of civil war. Yeah. So. Tom Clancy's more successful dead than a lot of writers are alive. Crap. I just I guess you can say I'm that. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, here's something you well, guys the man might... knew how to brand. That's true. That's true. We've talked about that before. Yeah. Here's something you guys might not know about Nick. Oh. Uh when he's a little bit bored, Me? his what? feet will just reach out <laughs> uh like the limbs of an octopus, just looking for anything look, to play around with. I, he if he's I in a movie theater, it. I can't deny it. the seat in front of me. Yep, and no one else is there, yeah. that uh, that arm of yeah. the chair in front of him will go yeah. up, up and it will down. come down. Right. And that chair, if you're it right. squeaks a little bit, if he if he's in the wow. car, you're yeah. gonna be lucky if you're if you're driving and he's I'm in being, the back seat, your front I'm seat is gonna called, move up and it's gonna I'm move being back. Called out. So anyway, I'm being called out. Right now he's playing with the uh we have some empty chairs around chair. this table and he's I'm not lift- bored, I'm just stretching out. Well, the chair keeps like moving to its I'm side. All right. No, I'm just saying, I just okay. wanted people to know that you like playing footsie with whatever's around you yeah. Yeah. for fun. Yep. So you're right. If he had prehensile tel- prehensile oh I can't do it. Prehensile Sure toes yeah like a chimp yeah be no stopping you yeah you just i can pick things up with my toes you'd be eating popcorn with your hands and you'd be sipping your soda with your feet doing a sudoku with my (laughs) my toes uh (laughs) number four yeah anyway watching skyfall not skyfall specter watching specter with nick it was like nick stop so boring hitting everything with your feet all All right right. number four uh, number two the outsider by stephen king Mm -hmm. it's scary you're not gonna read this because you're too scared because you have a child yeah yeah man i hope i never have a kid that then makes me not want to read things yeah no is that true well it's like i said kendra uh connects everything with our dog yeah so yep yeah uh number one guess what what 
Number two is still the outsider. Number one is still the president is missing by Boy. Bill Clinton and James Patterson. Wow. Yeah. Looks like discernment is missing amongst readers. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Because yeah. Maybe it's good. I wish I could. I wish the bestsellers list also said figures. Yeah. I want to know how many millions how of copies. Many people. Yeah. yeah. And this this isn't just here. It's number one on the uh, combined That's ebook. Interesting. And so That's I I want to know how much how many more people are buying this on ebook. Yeah. Who are like I don't. I wonder. If, I wonder if Jimmy Carter's The Hornet's Nest. Uh, is getting a bump from this. And people are like, I just want to read any work of fiction by a former president. I don't think so. Yeah, that's what Twitter's for. <laughs> hey <Hey-o>. Nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, and with that, yeah. we what have a, an interview. What a great segue. Do you want to segue we into sure our interview? Do. Yeah. Well, uh, we mentioned this several weeks ago, and then we finally got back around for a time that works, but I'd, I'd read a couple of David Dvorkin's uh, Star Trek books. I read one forever ago 2011 mm-hmm. then i read captain's honor recently and i really liked it so mm-hmm. i read the next one uh eric read trellis confrontation we just got to talking about it and mm-hmm. i just sent him a, a note saying hey you know i really enjoyed these books and right. we got to chatting and i invited him on the show and mm-hmm. he agreed to come on and answer our questions so nice. let's hit it <laughs> Well, we're here with author David Dvorkin. David, welcome. Thank you. All right. So what we have is uh, just a quick take five series of questions here. Uh, The first one is, what unique challenges come into play when you're writing established characters versus your own original creations? Well, uh, it is much more limited or or restrictive. You... um, you cannot just invent uh, a history <laughs> for the characters or, or change them any way you want to. Um, we ran into that very much with Star Trek, where, for instance, in one scene in the book I wrote with my son, I had a scene where Riker is in charge of the of the ship, and he expresses some doubt or in his thoughts. He's thinking about, uh, he's not quite sure if he's up to this, and Paramount shot that down right away. They said that uh, Star Trek, officers never feel any doubt oh wow writing characters with no doubt would certainly be a limitation with no doubt yeah. on the other hand uh, I did a, as you may know I did a um, uh, Sherlock Holmes pastiche mm-hmm. and that I was pretty free uh, to do anything I wanted with because though Sherlock Holmes' story is fixed in the books that Conan Doyle wrote he's long dead and the family didn't have any control over it so I could do what I wanted I could change then you don't want to change it, of course, too much because you still want it to be the same character that uh, readers are familiar with and love. But you can you can do much more than with, especially television show characters, because they keep very strict control over those. Oh yeah, of course. Well, Eric wanted me to ask if you were if you were a sci-fi fan who got into Star Trek or a Star Trek fan who got into sci-fi. No, I was a science fiction fan uh, long before Star Trek existed. Okay. Um, and when Star Trek came on the air, I was actually, I was working at NASA at the time uh, in Houston on the Apollo program. So it, it was, you know, that was, that was really neat. We loved, yeah. <laughs> loved it. Uh, but I was, and I, I watched it every show, I mean, every episode. And then when it went off the air, I watched the reruns over and over again. <laughs> that was <laughs> great. Brainwashed my son into <laughs> it. So, so Perfect. Yeah. Indoctrinate young, I find. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, you mentioned your book, Captain's Honor, but I wanted to talk about that for a minute. So in that book, you take the, the quasi-Roman setting from 
an episode of Star Trek, the original series, and you bring it into the next-gen era. And I was just wondering, what about that episode, uh, Bread and Circuses, I think it is, what about that yeah. intrigued you, and why did you decide to set it in a next-gen era? Oh, well, uh, it wasn't exactly so much that episode. It was really um, Patrick Stewart. Okay. Uh, he, he was in Claudius, yes. I, Claudius. And that was the first thing I ever saw him, and I think he that may have been his first major role. He was fairly young, I think, playing um, <clears throat> Sejanus. And, and uh, my wife and I loved that series, and we thought he was just an amazing actor. We were just blown away by his Sejanus. And then with him being um, in the, the Next Generation, I, I came up with the idea of there being a Sejanus character in this other in this Roman Empire. And the fact that it's you know basically the same man physically, he'd be his double, that that would... Uh, it's an intriguing story. The problem then was that um, uh, there'd be 2,000 years off the mark because the right. uh, the other Roman empires has followed basically the same timeline. So we had to wave our hands and, and say he was somehow just happened to look just like the famous Sejanus of history. Let's go off him. The problem is the famous Sejanus, his children were murdered. <laughs> oh wow! By the emperor's orders when when he uh, when he lost the influence, so they didn't have any descendants as okay. far as we know. Okay. Now, you were mentioning when we were talking off mic that originally, you, you, you know, with the cover, you thought the two of them would look alike, and then they yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah, you know, we complained about that, my son and I. Um, the whole idea, and that's a gimmick in the story, is that they are, virtually look like twins. Right. They both Patrick Stewart. And, uh, and again, they, on the cover, they had that stubble-faced, stubbling, right. surly guy. And you can't imagine a Roman officer with, with unkempt stubble anyway, right. you know, the, would never have done that. And then they had a, a Japanese sword on yes, the cover. Yes, that, that cracked me up. <laughs> yeah, we, we talked about it. We, uh, they said, do you want any changes made in the cover? And we sent a very strong message to them, and then they ignored it, which <laughs> publishers tend to do. So do you find that common? You don't get a lot of say in what the covers look like? I'm afraid so, yeah. Okay. Um, they, they always say you do, but in practice you don't. Okay. Well, let's, let's stick with talking about your son for a minute. So you collaborated with your son, Daniel, on Captain's Honor, as well as a political thriller you guys did together, Dawn Crescent. I'm just wondering right. how that works, working with someone else. It worked very well for us. For one thing, at the time, his writing style was extremely similar to mine, so there wasn't much of a problem there. Also, in both cases, I kind of came up with the, the detailed outline, and then we just chose which chunks of the outline each of us wanted to write. So we went off and did our own thing, and then I went over the whole book to make sure that the pieces meshed together. Okay. And that worked well, as I said, because his writing style at the time was similar to mine. I think it has, has changed a lot now, so I don't know. Uh, since then, so I don't know how well it would work now. Mm. All right, well, let's, uh, let's move on to short stories for a minute here. I really enjoyed your collection, Earthmen and Other Aliens, specifically oh. the, the story, The Ghost of Stancifer Street. Yes, I, like, right. I like that one a lot. I just wondered, what in your opinion, what, what's the key to writing a good short story? Punchy idea that can be completely handled in a short space cannot depend on long character development and, and complicated plot. I, in my own case, I, I, I think this must be common. I started out churning out short stories, huge numbers, when I first started writing, and then, then they started getting longer and longer. Now everything I write is... It, I, is book length in my mind. I found it hard to write a short story now because I tend to think in, in terms of lots of plot and character development. I like novellas, short, very short novels, very long stories, a nice length. What, what I liked about Stansiver Street was the way 
it ends with a punch, you know, like you want yeah. more and it, it doesn't yeah. give you any more. You're just left kind of haunted by it. Well, yeah, I, um, yeah, I was happy with the ending. It, it gave me a little chill when I wrote it. Um, I actually have expanded that idea into a novel, which I'll be working on, I hope, sometime in the next year or two. Really? A very, oh. Yeah, a long multi-generational ghost story. Oh, wow. Like, I'd love to read that. <laughs> I hope you get the chance. Yeah, I'll yes. keep an eye out for it. Uh, oh, so a final question in our take five here. So Eric and I both read Trellising Confrontation, and I've read your other Trek stuff and your short stories. But I'm wondering, for someone who hasn't read your work before, do you have a favorite or, a, or something you'd recommend they start with? Well, I have two favorites. One is a zany comic novel called um, Business Secrets from the Stars. Oh, yes. And the other is a uh, somewhat grim, somewhat military time travel adventure novel called uh, The Time and the Soldier. Great. And you have a full list of your works on your website, which is just Dvorkin.com? Dvorkin.com, right. Okay. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us. Um, I enjoyed your work. I know Eric has too, and we're glad to have you on the show. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. There we go. I hope that he does write that book, because that short story was was really good. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it just hits you right where you want it to hit you. you Right. Uh, so I think like putting it out over multiple generations would work very well. Mm-hmm. A little, I wanted to ask, but I didn't, uh, if he had any inspiration from Jack Finney because several uh. several of the short stories in there um, mm. had that vibe. Mm-hmm. And Jack Finney was kind of the king of short stories yeah. uh, around that time. Yeah. So when this book comes out, I d- would like to have him back. And I want to talk more about NASA because, right. I mean... Yeah, he worked at NASA. He worked, he worked at NASA. He worked at yeah. the Apollo missions. It's such a fascinating element to that and yeah. then to, to take some of that inside information and you know turn it into a career writing science fiction not although not all of his work is science fiction but a lot of it is right uh you can find the full list as he mentioned on dvorkin.com and you yeah. can also follow him on twitter david underscore dvorkin mm-hmm. we have a couple of his books here there's a couple spread out throughout the system and any we don't have we can always get right so if you're curious if you want to read a sherlock holmes book if you want to read time and the soldier which he just mentioned right let us know and we'll get you a copy so, uh, David, thanks again for joining us. That was that was fun. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Eric, only one microphone would work, so Eric didn't get to ask any questions. Yeah, we we thought we had it all. He set. was there in spirit, yeah. feeding me questions. So, yeah, <laughs> so that worked out well. Ask him about Star Trek versus sci-fi. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I needed like an earpiece. Just yeah. a minute. This just in. Yeah. <laughs> Eric's curious. Yeah. Ask him if he prefers <laughs> Picard or S- Kirk. Oh, I didn't ask him that. No. Yeah, I should have. I'm sure. Well, he's... it sounds like he's a Patrick Stewart fan. You so. think so? Yeah. But it's only, you only wrote one next gen book. Mm. The others are uh, the, yeah. the Star Trek books are Time Trap, which you did not read, right? I have it. Time Trap and Trellis and Confrontation mm-hmm. uh, are the original series, and then uh, Captain's Honor is the yes. next generation one. So, anyway, and if any captain had honor, yeah, it was Patrick Stewart. It was Patrick Stewart. It yeah. was Patrick Stewart. Um, let's talk library news. We're in the summer we're in the start program. of the summer reading. Libraries program. rock. I, I've got my libraries rock yeah. T-shirt on even now. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, a lot of fun stuff going on. We've got the kids' movies every Wednesday at 10.30. Those are always popular. First up is Sing. Uh, you've got your teen movies every Friday. First up there is... Maze Runner, The Death Cure. Can I say blows on this podcast? No, I mean, you already said something oh, okay. sucks. All right, all right. You keep saying that. All right. Yeah. It blows. All right. Third, you didn't like the third one. Didn't like it. Didn't right. like it. Well, the next movie... No, I forget. Yeah. We're showing a bunch. And Dylan O'Brien. He really suffered for his art for that one. Yeah, that like fell off a mountain. That's a painful story. Seriously. So, but we're showing zombies and that's a Disney Channel thing. Yeah, it is. Weird. But it's a musical. Weird, and it's TVG. Yeah, confusing. Well, we're showing something else. 
No, I know. I know you are. <laughs> Pacific Rim. Things. Uh, we're showing uh, adult movies. We're showing, well, Rock Dog is kind of right in the middle. But we're showing Rock Dog. We're showing High Fidelity. Um, High Fidelity is your uh, kids' movie? No, no. Those these are <laughs> these are like the, for the adult program. Oh, okay. So Rock Dog with Luke Wilson, High Fidelity with John Cusack, uh, Mr. Holland's Opus mm-hmm. with uh, Richard Dreyfuss. Yes, I think maybe that's it. Okay, for the adult movies that Who we're showing I, this time. What Kevin Klein movie am I thinking of? Then? Cl- Kevin Klein? Yeah, and a music movie? Yeah, uh, De Lovely. He plays no. Cole Porter in De Lovely. That's not it. It's a it's oh. one where he teaches kids. Oh. Em- em- the Emperor's Club. There you go. Thank yeah. You. Okay. Yeah. No, we're not showing that. Okay. Nor, nor are we showing De Lovely, which is a weird movie. Okay. But the soundtrack's kind of cool. Are we showing Captain something's mandolin? Captain Curly's mandolin yeah. with Nick Cage. No, oh, that's but Cage. I really missed it. I really missed. Uh, I missed <laughs> the opportunity to show a Nick Cage. Yeah. Book clubs are currently reading High Fidelity. Uh, we're winding winding down on Carl Heisen's Basket Case, so we're going to be starting Kess Garrett. Tess Gerritsen's yeah. playing with fire. Yeesh. And Eric well, I and have I, the time to listen to you mispronounce that. And Eric and I are <laughs> leading a YA for Adult Book Club, something we do every year on Nick mm. and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Yeah. Are you going to watch that movie? Probably, after I read the book. Really? Yeah, I, I don't so. know if I can. What, it's Kat Denning and Michael Sarah, right? Yeah. It's a pretty good cast. Yeah, but they're teenagers. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> uh, did you so ever watch... Uh, last year we did the movie with the kids who swore a lot. And they made a movie? Yes. Um, yes. Me, Me Earl and the Dying Girl. Yes. Did you ever watch that? No, I didn't. I, I still think it might be a better movie than I that. I would imagine. So Yeah. Maybe Did I'll Jesse still Andrews was yeah. that the author for that? Yeah. That was our last YA for Adult Book Club. Yes. Yep. Last summer. Anyway, it, we're in the heart of the summer reading program, so now's a perfect time to come in and check out yeah. what's going on with the library. And Get unlike, yourself or your kids a library card. Yeah. Unlike what? Unlike the city. Yeah. There is love in the heart of the summer reading program. <laughs> <laughs> heart of the summer reading <laughs> program. Sure. We'll be doing the summer feeding program. Oh, where yes. Any kid under 18 can just come in and get a free lunch yeah. here at the library. Yeah. So I hope you'll join us for that. We're kind of like that, the YMCA again, during the summer. That's open for everyone. So yeah. come see one of the movies. Of course, Music on the Lawn. Every Thursday night, you'll have a concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, the end of our summer reading program, the final event is going to be a talk and book signing with Wendy Corsi Staub, a, a well-known fiction, best-selling author of uh, mysteries, suspense, and she's got some romance in there, too. Mystery, but she didn't call herself Wendy Corsi Stab. Hmm. Yeah. Missed opportunity. It is. Big All time. Right. Big time. Anything else you want to mention before we close Wendy up shop? Wendy Corset stab. Yeah. Right. Uh, Tuesdays are going to be our arcade Tuesdays, which are going to be out on the front terrace where we're going to have our laptops and our games and this sweet basketball hoop thing we got and uh, Step Mania and all this other fun stuff. If it's not outside, it's up the stairs in the teen loft. And Thursdays at 3 o'clock, we're going to have our crafts. That's and right. Tuesdays and Thursdays are for 8 and up. And then we're also going to be running our teen anime club. Which is 14 and up. Uh, the 14 is mainly there for TV 14 ratings. Sure. And those are every Wednesday at 5.30. And then, uh, like you said, we have a movie every Friday. And this week's is Maze Runner. Uh, the Death Cure. Our grand prize is a sweet Bluetooth speaker set that's so cool that I want to take it. Yeah. But I can't. You're an adult. Yeah. Can't do it. And also, uh, we have a second. This is the first year we've had two grand prizes. The other one is a ukulele. That's so, cool. Yeah. Ukuleles are cool. They are. People like learning them. I've had one for years that I've wanted to learn how to play. My wife has one. I know. So, and then we got some pretty, this week's uh, prizes are this pretty sweet foldable headphone set, Bluetooth headset, and then also the the Maze Runner trilogy. All three of them. I know. All the The good one and then the other two. Yeah. 
Uh, so. The adult program, every week we're giving out a $25 gift certificate, Ooh. and the grand prize is a Nook uh, tablet from Barnes & Noble. Nice. So looking forward to that. Next week is going to be a historic episode here. It's going to be episode 150, and we're going to be talking to the local paper who's uh, a little curious about it. So keep an eye on the spectator for a write-up about uh, the All the Books show. Yeah. And we will see you next week for episode 150. Ooh.